0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the San Diego News Fix, Name Drop Edition. On Name Drop, we highlight movers and shakers in our community, people who have shaped San Diego and have been shaped by it. My guest this week is Aida C. Castaneda. Aida comes from a long line of community builders and activists, and she, too, has followed the same path. She's worked for former assembly member Lorena Gonzalez before branching out on her own to start a political consulting firm. She's involved in banning flavored tobaccos statewide and locally. She's involved in repealing National City's ban on low rider cruising and so much more. In this interview, we talked about her mentors, her career aspirations, and even her NPR name. Stay tuned to find out what it is. Well, Aida, thank you for joining me. I wanted to begin by asking about the cruise night that just happened. I know that you were heavily involved in it. Um, how did it go?
1: Yeah, it, it went really well. Um, it was it was really exciting um, and I, it was nerve wracking too because we just didn't know what we were gonna expect. And, and I know that we had a lot of coordination within the institution, the city and national city to help us orchestrate this, um, but we did have some challenges um, with uh, local PD and how we we're going to coordinate such a big event. Uh, so I think a lot of these events are, are literally trial and error, uh, but that's okay. Um, we intend to, to continue our partnership with the National City P- uh, Police Department so that we can find better ways to patrol community, especially when it's over, you know, it's at least more than a thousand people that were out there. Uh, so there has to be some structure to that. Um, and I think there there a lot of folks are just not used to it. Obviously, it's been 30 years in the making. And uh, so with anything that hasn't been done in 30 years, there's gonna be some hiccups here and there. Uh, but I think overall, the excitement was just so overwhelming. Um, being in one of my um, with the United low Loretta Correlations car, I should probably have the 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 kind of car it was, but it, it was an empty car. It's a beautiful car. It's all red. Um, it's candy apple red. It's stunning. And just being amongst the crowd made me so emotional because I know how much uh, effort was, was done to do it, um, but also how excited exciting it was for the community to, to be back again on Highland Avenue, uh, such a polarized place for such a long time. Um, but we did what we needed to do to, to make it happen. So we we do anticipate the same crowds um, every first Friday of every month until October, uh, from six to nine, um, we may be making it a little bit early. We don't know yet, um, but yeah, it was it was very exciting. <laughs> I, I know, bis- I know, businesses amongst among Highland were were very excited to see all those cars. I know there was some traffic congestion, but
0: you know, it comes with the territory. <laughs> yeah, there's traffic congestion with any event. Um, well, that is so awesome. I know that this is sort of a test run for, um, you know, repealing an ordinance that's been in place in National City for a while now uh, to to ban cruising. Um, you know, how do you think this event and the events that, you know, in the future you mentioned uh, will affect that? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's going to
1: be interesting, you know, how how we decide to have those conversations and how holistically we look at communities congregating in a space and just in any space. And I think that's the unique conversation that we're having and just in general and in, in, in how communities take up space in their own communities and how, you know, how municipalities respond to that. Um, so the, this event um, is surely a, a, it's a pilot project but it's also a bit of an experiment. You know, our, our democracy is a big experiment too. Uh, but as we figure out ways to congregate in an open space, in a public space, we ask a lot of questions about uh, freedom of, of assembly, um, our civil liberties and our civil rights and how we exercise that um, and how community responds to that. And I and I hope um, and I expect that our city leaders will understand that community will congregate um, and they need to respond. And if, if there are some public safety concerns that they're there to protect us. Uh, so I, I'm hoping that we can have a conversation holistically that will lead to a repeal. Um, so it's it's gonna, it's going to be a very uh, colorful conversation, I'm sure of it. Uh, we actually have a meeting today with the National City Police Department uh, to have a more robust robust conversation about how we tackle that. Um, um, but I, I am anticipating um, some challenges um, as we head to October. Um, but I, I do believe that now we have, you know, in some way, uh, challenged the institution to have a conversation that's complicated. Um, so it's it's 30 years of of, of laying dormant of a community so now that we've allowed an opportunity to 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 get together uh, there are there going to be some issues um but we're we're dedicated to figuring out how to how to challenge it and how to best um be equipped for next time uh, but I, I do believe that the mayor uh, the vice mayor and the members of the council are prepared to have those conversations so i'm hoping that we can that we can get on the right track we actually have a, a convention coming up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, a big big part of how we got inspired to do a lot of this work was because the city of Albuquerque um, was able to repeal their No Cruising Ordinance. So this is not something that just happens in national city. It's not not much of an isolated situation. It's something that has um, uh, perked up in a lot of cities across the United States um, and how we deal with things like this. Um, and I've been really grateful for the city of Albuquerque and its leaders that have been so dedicated to work with their local PD and their lowrider community and the Chicano community at large to have events like this. Um, so we, we look forward to working with them too and figuring out ways to troubleshoot you know, any issues that, that may arise. And and they do, right? Anytime you have over a thousand people in one place, uh, that happens at Events that happens at sport sporting events. Uh, we don't toss out the sporting events just because there's a couple fights. Um, we we deal with it. Um, so that's that's what we're looking forward to, to discussing is how we deal with it.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, thank you for that update. Um, let's talk more about you. You have had a long career in politics, doing a lot of things. Currently, um, you're consulting. You're you know working on a lot of issues. How did you get your start? Why why did you choose this as your career path?
1: yeah you know it's it's interesting i i had the luxury of of growing up in a family that understood the 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 significance of education uh, but also how we give back to our communities and and how we organize um and mobilize against uh, institutions that are are deliberately trying to disenfranchise our communities and when you're born and raised in barrio logan you don't have uh, you have to, in in some instances, get involved. You know, we don't have the luxury of not. Um, so my my parents, my my father was the first in our family and in our community to to graduate from college and then go to law school. Uh, my mom was the first in her family to to graduate from community college. Um, my parents got married very young. Uh, my mother was twenty three years old when she had my sister. Um, so I. I I saw especially being first generation Mexican American, you see a lot of those dualities of being from Tijuana and then being from San Diego, and and seeing all of the multicultural experiences that we have as a border town. Um, so because of that, in the lens that I had, you know, there, there was I felt like there was no other avenue to take but to be involved in local politics, but also be involved in organizing. Uh, So I I was really lucky to have that that consciousness uh, that was instilled in me really early on. My my father worked for Barrio Station for many years, which is a nonprofit organization in Barrio Logan. Uh, He served on the board, but he also worked within the institution. Uh, Rachel Ortiz uh, has been the executive director for almost 50 years. Uh, So she was a mentor of mine really early on. Um, my father was the chair of the first barrio caucus in the seventies that introduced the Bar Logan community plan of 1978, I believe. And that's been the community plan that we've been trying to update since then. Uh, so it's, it's been a, a legacy of, of community empowerment, uh, that our that our family has been, um, uniquely in tune to. Um, so I've, I've had that purview for, for a very long time. Um, and I also grew up with the Huesos um, and seeing their trajectory in, in, in California politics, but also locally, um, you know, during that time, especially in, in the early 2000s. And when I came of age in 08, you know, when you look around, you don't see very many Latinas in elected office, uh, but there's a lot of Latino males that that were trying to do their part in empowering Latinas in politics. Uh, Mary Salas was also very involved in politics at the time. So to be able to see women of of that stature getting involved in politics, I I innately saw myself getting involved too. Um, And that really connected me uh, to uh, then assembly member Lorena Gonzalez. Um, There were, Val Filner decided to run for for mayor of the city of San Diego. So created a big political musical chairs um, where then Juan Vargas went to the state Senate. Um, I'm sorry. Juan Vargas went to Congress, Benjamín Hueso went to the Senate, and there opened a special uh, election for the state assembly seat, and member Lorena Gonzalez, she was, at the time, she was a secretary treasurer of the San Diego and Imperial Counties Labor Council, and decided to run, and I found out about those dynamics happening, um, and I decided to, you know, I was looking for a job at the time, too, so I decided to work for her campaign, and and there was an opportunity, so I went for it, um, and it's, it's really been... A ride in an honor of a lifetime uh, to have been able to work for somebody that was so unapologetically Latina, but was also such an advocate for workers, for um for for families, especially in the community that I grew up in. Um, and I had a unique opportunity to be given that similar uh, license uh, to to speak uh, on behalf of people, um, and and speak for those that can't often speak for themselves. Um, so in advocating for policy, um, and she championed a lot of that, um, you know, eliminating gender bias within workers' comp, um, earned paid sick days. Uh, recently, we changed independent contractor laws in California, um, and it was it there. We took a lot of these policies. Um, you know, and there's controversy everywhere you go, um, but i I think that. You know, we did what we could because we believed that that was the right thing to do. Just to put in layman's terms, we believe it was the right thing to do, and and we fought hard for it. Um, there's a lot of battles that are lost, but you know, we we just have to keep going. Um, which which brings a lot to what I'm working on now. The legislature passed a a bill in 2020. It was SB 793 that ended the sale of flavored tobacco products within the state of California. Um, and ultimately that was referendized, and now it's put on the ballot. Uh, so I've been lucky enough to work as a consultant on both the statewide campaign and the sale of flavored tobacco products, uh, but to also work on local efforts uh, to, to make sure that San Diego, my own city, is protected against um, big tobacco. So we don't shy away from big projects, um, for, for better or for worse, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the intention is to really um, protect those that um, are not we are not aware of the dynamics and the predatory marketing practices
0: of, of big tobacco? Do you think that you'll ever run for office? Do you aspire to that?
1: You know, I I've always said um, that I wanted to learn the law, practice the law, and one day change the law. I've always had an intention of going to law school. I I wasn't sure as to which phase I I would embark on either of those. Um, and it's kind of happened in reverse. My my whole life has been a little unconventional. Uh, I even though I I went to college, I went to City College San Diego City College, and then I went to San Francisco State. I was still working uh, throughout that whole time. Uh, so you know, I I I know that my duty is, is to the public. Um, public service is a big part of my life. I intend to do that um, in 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 whatever capacity, whether it's volunteer or or otherwise. Um, but i don't know you know if, if if the opportunity presents itself and and the community calls on me to serve uh, whatever that looks like uh, then i intend to take on that role whether that's an elected position or not um only time will tell
0: mm. do you th- still think you'll go to law school i hope so <laughs> i hope so
1: um you know it's 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 so challenging to get into law school um my, my father um like i mentioned before went to law school so i i kind of I have an idea as to what that process is like, but taking the LSAT and, and, and taking those um, those prep courses are very expensive uh, to take on. Uh, and it is a full-time job to practice for the LSAT. Uh, it, is, it is no joke. And then you still have to pass the bar thereafter uh, once you go through law school. Uh, but I, I think I do intend to do it at some point in my life. There, there's something so powerful about understanding the dynamics of our institutions. Um, and to, to know how to navigate them is, is, is quite critical. Um, and, and working as a political consultant, um, having that vision uh, to, to move policy in whichever direction it takes, uh, I know law school will offer me that, um, that guidance. So I, I think so. Um, I just don't know how, um, I don't know how conventional it will be. There's a lot of part-time programs that I'm looking at um so you know there's there's that and then of course there's other approaches to to qualifying to sit for the baby bar and then to sit for the bar Uh, so we'll see yeah there's there's all kinds of different ways for folks to uh to attain a, a law school education sure
0: well if it's what you want to do I firmly believe you can make it happen. <laughs> so. my, thank you. I know. I hope. I hope so. <laughs> um, we'll we'll check back in once you start uh, studying thank for you. the for the bar. Um, okay. Let's see. Let's do a lightning round. So my first question for you. This is like um, a radio question. We usually ask for a mic check, but what did you have for breakfast? Oh my god! I haven't had breakfast yet. Are you serious? It's like yeah, 11, 20. I, did you have coffee? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I have. I'm having a water right now. Um, it, I try to do intermittent fasting. Gotcha. Uh, to, to keep, to keep my, uh, my weight in check. <laughs> intermittent fasting has been interesting for me. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out new ways of, of balancing my diet and intermittent fasting is worth. I, I do that naturally. I, I don't really wake up hungry, which is interesting. Uh, so I, I try to regulate my intake, but I will probably break my fast right after this interview. So I'll probably <laughs> have uh my mom is currently cooking as we speak.
0: Nice. Uh, we have some bagels and some turkey bacon. Cause they're trying to stay away from red meat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's funny. You mentioned all of those things. I'm reading this book right now. It's called the blue zones. Have you heard of this? There's like places no. across the world where uh, they have a lot of centurions, people who live to like a hundred years. And so they studied them. Like, what do they do that gives them longevity? And mm-hmm. one is um, many of them are vegetarian. The mm-hmm. chapter I just read last night, intermittent fasting is really recommended at least uh, by a group in Loma Linda. He says eats at like 11 and four and that's it um, -hmm. uh, you know, keeping a tight friendship circle, like having purpose in your life and exercising a lot. So yeah, it sounds like you're on the right track.
1: (laughs) I'm trying, you know, it's, it's rough. I'm, I'm five two. Um, and I'm very curvy and, you know, and the way weight distributes in, in everybody's body is different. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's
0: all a life journey in the end. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Trying to figure it out. Okay, Uh, my next two questions for you, and I promise this is going to go somewhere. What is your favorite pattern, like clothing pattern? My favorite clothing pattern?
1: Honestly, straight lines going down, up and down, obviously, straight lines. Okay, can we
0: say stripes? There we go. Okay, okay. (laughs) Um, And what is the last name of your favorite um, singer who is no longer with us?
1: Oh. Okay, that's a oh
0: well, Quintanilla, Selena, Quintanilla. Uh-huh. Okay, that's yeah, a really yeah. good one. Um, okay, so the, where this is going is that's supposed to be the recipe for your NPR name, and this is amazing. <laughs> so it's stripes Quintanilla. <laughs> so you can come away love with it us today. <laughs> add it to the resume. Add it to the social media profile. Stripes Quintanilla. That there you go. <laughs> amazing. Wow. Uh, let's see okay what is your San Diego greatest hits tour like if someone comes to visit they're not familiar you have a day or two mm. where do you take them oh man well we have
1: to go for sure we have to go to Chicana Park uh that's almost like a we gotta stop there it's one of the largest open air museums in the world um and obviously drive down such Chavez Parkway I I love showing off the Bar Logan gateway sign uh, so we go through, uh, definitely go through uh St. Travis Parkway, take it all the way down Harbor Drive, and hang out at um, um, downtown. Um, I love Seaport Village; it's such a great little spot. And just walking up and down the pier is always fun. Uh, so definitely that. Um, of course, we'd have to go to the San Diego Zoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big shout out to uh, my my aunt who works over there, who also nice. has the same name as I do. <laughs> oh, really? The exact same name. Uh, her first name is Aida. Yes. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so shout out to her, or shout out to all the Aidas in San Diego County. There we go. Um, um, but yeah, definitely the zoo too. Uh, San Diego is such a such a beautiful place. Um and, and in a perfect world, I also like to take folks to Julian. It's mm-hmm. a it's a beautiful place up there too. San Diego has such a great uh, mix of of you know obviously California is a desert, um, but we have all kinds of mountains and.
0: Ranges that we can see in San Diego, so beautiful views. Awesome. What is your go-to pie place in Julian? I know there's some controversy here. You know, dueling oh. sort of businesses. Which one do you like to go to? Or do, you know, oh, man. Well, you know, we always would always just go for the the
1: snow. So we just go, you know, check out the best slopes that we could find. For sure. You know, that were that were kid friendly. But the apple pie, right? Like you have yeah. to go and get the apple pie, Julian. <laughs> I haven't gone in a while. I Same. will admit. But yes, it's, it's definitely on the, on the docket, but yes, apple pie is like an obligatory
0: thing you have to do when you go to Julian. Absolutely. Well, the year, the year is young. We have time. I know. Um, go. Let's see. What was the first tape or CD you bought for yourself? Oh, for you got to choose.
1: Yeah, it, it had to have been a Backstreet Boys CD.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I was a big Backstreet Boys fan when I was a kid. I mean, I'm, I still am. I'm, I'm totally bummed they're going to be in town in in uh, next month, but I'm going to be out of town for that conference in, in Albuquerque, but definitely Backstreet Boys.
0: <laughs> Who's your favorite one? You
1: know, for the longest time, maybe because of the age, it was Nick Carter for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I love all of them, though. Um, I did see I did see them in concert once or twice, uh, but the one that has a, a beautiful voice is Brian. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed listening to him. Yeah, and, and they're also dynamic
0: and unique. <laughs> so, are you anti nsync or do you have love for them too?
1: Totally anti nsync You uh, know, back <laughs> in the day, we would go to all kinds of different, like you know, sync versus Backstreet Boys rallies and stuff. But now you know I can appreciate uh, the 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 nuance of it all. But you know, I, it's not like I can't. I could totally sing along to all the songs. Like they're embedded in my memory, so there's no way that I could not, not sing them.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. I know it's there, whether or not you like it, whether or not you meant to know it. Um, yeah. What are you listening to these days? Oh man,
1: I love a little bit of everything. I, I love classical music. Um, usually when I study or when I'm, you know, trying to to focus on something, um it's usually classical music. Um I do enjoy mariachi music, especially mariachi sang and played by women. Uh that's my favorite. Didn't you play uh, in high school? I played the uh-huh, I played in a mariachi at our Lady Guadalupe when I was a teenager. Uh, and big shout out to, to Father Brown, uh, our dearly departed. Um he's a Jesuit priest out at uh, our Le Walupa Church, he was there for almost 40 years, I believe. Okay. And I play the violin um yes. at that mass and nine 915 mass uh, for <laughs> a couple of years. I can't believe I woke up that early on a Sunday, but you know, there I was. Uh, it, it really was because of him. He was such a fixture in our community. And and now I'm I'm not as uh religious as I once was, uh, but I, I appreciate um Jesuit teachings um and their vow to to poverty, to chastity and Uh, to living a very minimal life. Uh, So I I learned a lot from, from father Brown. So he's, he's a big part of my life too.
0: That's awesome. Do you still play
1: the violin? You know, I I have it, uh, but I have not, I picked it up recently just to kind of see how it feels. Yeah. That thing is so out of tune. Like I need to be able to tune it up because it sounds terrible.
0: I was going to ask you to bust it out for the show, but next time. I think. Next time, I think I can still play "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star."
1: Really, really out of tune. Nice. I, I, I know. I would hate to to have you listen to it because then my 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 god who who's a fantastic violinist would be like,
0: mm, "You need to tune that." <laughs> well, hey, it's still better than me or anything. Any instrument I can play. <laughs> um. Okay. Next question. This one's a little more serious. But what is yeah. something in your life that you feel has really shaped you more than anything else?
1: Oh yeah. You know I. We talked about this before, but um, my my dear friend and mentor, colleague, uh, best friend, and Capamana uh, Francine Maigue was was a big part of my life. Uh, she was a district director to Member Lorena Gonzalez. Um, and she was just such a powerful leader, uh, not only in the Filipino community, but for the South Bay and San Diego County, the way that she was just so graceful. Um, and even in her feedback, in her constructive feedback, of my own leadership, uh, she was just so uh, critical and pivotal to to my life, both professionally and personally. Um, and and working for such a dynamic elected official, you know, to to have staff members uh, that are so well integrated to the community um, and have the best feedback for you is is a, a critical piece of anybody's career. Uh, to have mentors that that are truly invaluable to to you and to your personal development. Um, I will always be indebted to her and to her family. Uh, so so definitely, uh, Francine Maigue, um, you know, may she rest in eternal peace. Um,
0: but she was a big part of my life and she still is. She still is. She's still with me. I know that she is. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing and I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, who would have known that a 41-year-old that never
1: smoked uh, would have lung cancer? Uh, but pre-screenings is, is important. Uh, I know that the American Lung Association of California uh, during this week actually is turquoise takeover. Uh, so they're illuminating all kinds of buildings throughout the states into turquoise so people can be reminded. Um, lung cancer is the number one killer in our communities. Uh, so getting tested and getting screened is, is important too. Um, so I, I know Francine would want us to continue that, that legacy and that reminder. And awareness for our community so I appreciate you letting me talk about her
0: yeah absolutely and and thank you for that reminder you know screening mm-hmm. preventative um it's also yeah. so important exactly um, if you had a life motto what would you say it is
1: oh <clears throat> you know there's a couple uh, that one in particular that Francine taught us, um and it's if you always if you always do what you've always done you'll only go where you've always gone that makes sense right it's it's always willing to challenge yourself to do something different you know and being uncomfortable is a part of the experience um and and not to fear but to embrace it um public speaking is always is always something that's so terrifying for folks to do um but it's it's about practicing it's about harnessing the anxiety of the of of the butterflies in your stomach to just do it your body's preparing yourself to do something magnificent and that's why the body's having a reaction so to to take that anxiety and and take that fear and 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 harness it and take it on is is the best way you're going to go on you're going to end up going on the other side of that fear Uh, so it's it's a lot about challenging yourself it's about challenging others and try to do something every day that scares you and you'll realize how, how less scary it becomes. Uh, so I think that's, that's one thing that I, I tried to live by is, is to continue on and,
0: and try to do something different every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was really powerful. I got goosebumps when you said, you know, like that feeling in your chest is because you're about to do something great. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. When is the last time you put that into practice? I know you said you try to do it every day, but what's the last thing that you were scared of, but you decided to tackle anyway?
1: Yeah, you know, even um with with the work that we've been doing recently, whether it was to repeal the No Cruising Ordinance in National City, the the tobacco sales ban in, in the city of San Diego, and now, you know, embarking on efforts to, to do something in the city of Chula Vista. Um, it's also doing what I can to put myself out there to empower Latino organizations up and down the state to take a stand against big tobacco. And and that's that's a part of of the of the intimidation that big tobacco often um, tries to portray to our communities, you know they 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 give a lot of money to to organizations. They give a lot of money to to different causes. Um, but the reality is is that we have to find ways to to challenge entities that are deliberately trying to help a new generation of folks uh, to get uh, to these nicotine products um, and empower organizations to take a stand. And however scary that may look, or however intimidating that may be. Um, I know that when we present ourselves as a united front, um, they're they're less equipped to to manipulate us or even intimidate us, uh, not to 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 effectively make change. Um, so those those have been scary um, opportunities for me, just because number one it's the first time I've done statewide um, uh, consulting, uh, so it was a challenge to take on something so large um, and and to to encourage organizations to be a part of it. Um, and to, to empower them to take part in an effort that's, we, that's really only gonna be once in a lifetime. And that's the thing about policy is that we have to be willing to step up to the plate when, when we're up to bat. Um, when we're up to bat, we gotta really swing it. Um, but then we have to recognize that that's the time that we have um, and we have the moment now and we're not gonna have that in a couple of years or ever if we don't get this right this first time. So there's a lot at stake. Uh, There's a lot at stake and that. That certainly makes me fearful and that certainly makes me nervous. Um, But that's that's what makes things exciting. You know, nothing, nothing easy or nothing worth having is going to be easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we have to be willing to to really step up. And I've been very fortunate to to have a a network and uh, mentors uh, that have encouraged me to keep going um, and not to be fearful, even if I am the only Latina in the room. Uh, so that's another part of 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 what keeps me going is that I've had such great mentors and gone through leadership programs that have empowered me to to believe in my in my leadership, but um, but also to pay it forward. Uh, that's another thing that we we cannot not mention is the power of paying it forward uh, to others that are coming right behind us.
0: Yeah, yeah, those are both great pieces of advice. I love the you know be scared, do it anyway, yeah, and help other people right yeah it's <laughs> okay wrong.
1: you know, you can't go wrong you know and you know for even you know during going back to to my time in the assembly um and covid you know covid was terrifying um and and having to troubleshoot so much casework um uh especially those that were stuck with an EDD and their unemployment issues during during that time you know it was scary to be inundated with so many individuals that were going through their struggles but each person had a story. Everybody has a story. Literally everybody has a story. And when you take the time to sit in it and really understand it, um, we have all the time. We just have to be willing to, to appreciate each other, listen to each other's stories and advocate. Advocate for each other. And You can never go wrong when you advocate with an open heart um, and, and, a, and a true um, a true dedication to, 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 the, to the exercise, right? The nature of the exercise is to always help each other out and empower each other. Um, so living in the moment was, was critical. Um, but I also realized that in, in that same fear, um, you can do so many things you can really challenge yourself and, and not expect to go as far as, 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 uh, you thought you could. Um, so even when you think you can quit, keep going and you'll be, you'll be surprised.
0: Yeah. Well said, what do you think is next for you? You've accomplished so much already. What's, uh, you know, what are your goals for the future?
1: You know, the goals for the future is to hopefully get to law school. You know, we mentioned that before. I, that's always been a dream of mine. Um, how I get there is is another question, of course. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, elected office has always been something that I thought about. Um, so maybe, and maybe I'll decide to run for office when the time is right. Um, my heart is in uh, in Barrio Logan. Uh, the 9213 area code has been a big part of my life. Um, so I hope to to one day find um, ways to empower that district that, into the, my my you know the best I can. So whatever the capacity that looks like, uh, then I'll take it on. Um, but but for now, I I'm encouraged by uh, the advocacy that we have um, with with having my my own firm. I always uh, I'm dedicated uh, to uplifting collective impact to strengthen public policy. Uh, So whatever challenge that that uh, morphs into, um, I do look forward to to uplifting organizations, uh, causes, coalitions uh, to to put pressure on our institutions to to strengthen public policy. Um, And that's what that's what we do as public servants is that we create public policy and we find ways to strengthen it uh, through our enforcement and through our implementation. Uh, So we'll we'll see what next year's challenges have to offer. Mm
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, I I wish you well on your journey and, you know, the next things that are headed your way. But thank you so much for joining me and for sharing your story. Thank you, Christy. It's a pleasure to to get to talk
1: to you and to hopefully connect to, to to your listeners. And San Diego is a beautiful place. So it's a pleasure to be here. And a big shout out to the constituents of the 80th
0: Assembly District. Thank you again to Aida for joining me and thank you for listening. If there's someone in the community you would like to get to know better, drop me a line. I'm at christy.totten at sduniontribune.com. That's k-r-i-s-t-y dot t-o-t-t-e-n at sduniontribune.com. Thanks for listening.